Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. With the burden of what we've got to do. It's amazing, really. Uh, um, Christmas is a, always a challenging season. Um, I know a lot of people get on. There's been a lot of sickness sort of flowing around, a lot of uh, coughs and colds and different things. And uh, uh, Laura's at home. They, uh, she's unwell. The kids are unwell. Uh, James is feeling unwell because he's having to look after the ones who are unwell. <laughs> And uh, so, but uh, Christmas is, uh, I always remember it uh, in our family that always somebody was, was ill at Christmas. I remember my mum being, I remember being ill many, uh, several times at Christmas time. There's something about this sort of, uh, this thing that we do to ourselves pre-Christmas. And it's this intensity of making sure everything gets right and ready. And, and you just put yourself under this immense pressure so that you can have time off. And by the time you get to the time off, you actually probably need another four weeks just to, to actually relax from the pressure you put yourself off for that day. And uh, which can't be right, really. It can't be. But at the same time, we just want to make everything right, don't we? We want to have that fun and make everything good. And so uh, here we are. We're coming to the, uh, uh, the climax of our story of legends. And uh, this morning, I get to uh, speak about Mary who perhaps is the greatest of all, uh, without which um, there wouldn't be a Christmas story. And, uh, you know, um, I was reading through um, in the Gospel uh, of Luke, and as I was reading it through, I was reminded of a, a story of when I, was, uh, when I used to travel on the train, or still do travel on the train in, in Denmark. When I fly to Denmark, I... Um, I've been going to Denmark since 2002, uh, 2001, 2002, and uh, I've probably been more than 50 times, perhaps 60 times now, and uh, over that time, and for most of those times, I would fly Aberdeen, Copenhagen, and then from Copenhagen, I would get a train, four and a half hour train journey uh, to North Jutland, and uh, I would just get the train. And what would happen is that I would arrange the, tr- the flight tickets and Klaus would arrange the train ticket. And he would just book it online in Denmark and I would go up to the kiosk, pick up my ticket and get on the train. And, and what happened, he would just put it and you would just get in and second class. And it, and it was quite recent that Denmark was one of the last countries to sort of ban smoking in public places and on trains and things. They, they like their cigarettes. And uh, so we, you would just get in. and the, the, So second class always generally involved smoking uh, and it involved, um, so, so I took it up, and uh, <laughs> other people's, and uh, so, uh, and the trains were always full, especially between Copenhagen, Copenhagen and Aarhus, which is a three-hour journey of the four and a half hours, Copenhagen to Aarhus is at least three hours, and it would, the train would be packed, and so I'd be just in the train, and, and there were many different scenarios, the types of people you have to share uh, train uh, the train with, and uh, on one occasion, I remember this um, uh, uh, very tall woman um, sitting um, in front of me. She would have been maybe uh, uh, about twenty years or so older, and she was just sitting there. And she um, obviously didn't read the rule book about keeping to your own space. 
And uh, so there she is, and she's got her legs crossed and in my space. It's, it's her legs are in my space, and I'm kind of like very British and, um, you know, sort of looking and coughing and doing the sort of things that British people do to let them know that we're not pleased. Of course, it doesn't translate in other languages. <laughs> And uh, so she's got no idea, and so I spent three and a half, she didn't get off until Aarhus, and so she spent the entire time with her leg just gently rubbing up and down mine, <laughs> which isn't pleasant, and it's like, in, and I would sort of shift, and her leg would shift too, and it was just this sort of, <sighs> and uh, yeah, it wasn't nice, so, and uh, so you would often have these scenarios, well one day Klaus went to book uh, the, the, um, Klaus went to book the train ticket and he discovered that the train was full. You always had to book and he discovered the train was full. There weren't any seats for me. And so he uh, discovered that the only seat available would be first class. I went, Klaus, look, I'm not fussy. Um, I'll, you know, if first class is all there is, I'll take it. You know? and, uh, and what happened was I get into first class and oh my word, I've just been ruined for life. Here I am, I come in and I get my own table. I get my own leg space. Nobody rubs their legs up against me. I get, it, I get, my, I get a chair which reclines if I so wish. I have a power socket to charge my phone. There is tea, coffee and water to drink a copious amount. So my first time is, I can drink as much tea and coffee as I like. By the time I got off the train, I was like, I need the loo, I need the loo. <laughs> I didn't realise you don't have to drink it all. I discovered that first class gets a first class waiting room before you get on the train. I know, with tea and coffee, even more. And then when I get on the train and I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in my rather relaxed, very pleasant, there's a very pleasant atmosphere. There isn't the rough and the tumble and just the interaction. We don't have to share the space with students. And uh, we don't... We don't... (laughs) I know, I know, I'm living dangerously. It's Christmas. I figure you'll forgive me. And, uh, And so here I am. And there's a very pleasant atmosphere of just genteel businessmen and people there that on business and they've got out their laptops and they're just quietly working away and, and everything's as it should be. I kind of feel like I'm now a different man. I, and here the guard comes in, they just walk around, tickets, 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 they're going through. They come in to us and they go, good morning sir, please, can I take your ticket? Well, yes, of course. Here you are, first class. And, and then... And then he takes it, and then he comes around and he says, would you like some fruit or some chocolate? Yes. Yes, I would. It's all right, so you don't have to eat it all. I will be coming around again soon. Oh, okay. And it's like, (laughs) suddenly I discovered a different kind of language. People spoke differently in first class to second class. There was a different language. And here we have in Luke's Gospel, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city 
of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph at the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Sorry, I came to a full stop right there. <laughs> How can this be since I do not know a man? It, I've cut and pasted the wrong here. Verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, who also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, for she was called barren. And then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Apologies for that. I've cut and pasted a bit of Bible out. And I, <laughs> not having the Bible with me, I don't have uh, the whole translation there. So what we read here is that Mary um, is there. She is Mary's um, in her bedroom, probably in a private space. And suddenly an angel appears to her. And it says in verse, t- um, verse 29, it says that when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be more troubled about what he is doing there rather than what, how he speaks. Mary's troubled by what manner of greeting is this. Well, what manner of greeting was it that would trouble her so much? Here is, the tr- here is the troubling greeting. Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. You know what? Mary was shocked because this was not the language that she was used to. It wasn't her normal. Her normal was, you are a woman. Her normal was, you are under the law. Her normal was, you are a sinner. Her normal was, you are unclean. Her normal had no promise. Her normal had no destiny. Her normal had nothing other than the language with which people spoke in society, conditioned by the fear of the law and conditioned that God was angry with them and they were one step away from judgment. But here the angel of the Lord turns up and says, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. You see, the normal that comes from God is not normal for us. And suddenly the language changes and she gets a shock to the system. It's a, No one has ever spoken to me like this before. In fact, I've never heard anyone speak like this at all in any situation. Why would you speak to me like this? Why, what is it? You see, suddenly she was hearing a language of grace. She was hearing the language of promise. She was hearing the language with which God speaks to us. You see, when God speaks, He breaks up your normal. When He ministers life to you, He speaks in a language which breaks up 
the communication that you are used to. And suddenly your life and your world begins to shift based on the language with which you hear. I've noticed this, that people of different professions use different language. When you get onto a building site, it's a different language. You've got to go with the flow. When you get into a professional's office, it's a different language. When you speak to mums with their kids outside the school gate, it's a different language. And there is a point of communication. What you find with the community, you have to kind of communicate in that language to get through to the way everyone's speaking. And there's also actually a pressure to speak the language with which everybody else speaks. Everybody else speaks like that, so I speak like that because that makes me accepted. When you speak differently, you're obviously not from here. Those of you who weren't born in Scotland, you speak... I wasn't born here. It was pretty obvious when Cheryl and I moved to Scotland that we were English and there was a problem. I faked being Australian for years. I didn't die. When we moved up, I, one of the first things we saw written outside Poundland and on Great Northern Road, there used to be a huge Poundland on Great Northern Road and it said England die and they hadn't even spelled England right. And I, it, it worried me. I'm, I'm going to be killed by, a, a, by someone who can't even spell properly. The, the insult of it all. It's like... So I just uh, stretched out my Australian and uh, I was away. (laughs) And what happens is that we are conditioned to speak a language. But Jesus comes to us and he speaks a different language. When Gabriel was sent to Mary, Mary is touched by the manner of greeting. It's amazing about the revelation that's already flowing through her heart and life. She's not thinking, what the flip are you doing here? She's thinking, how, why are you speaking to me like this? The moment she's worked that out, the idea that she's going to have a baby is absolutely no problem at all. I mean, she's a little confused about how it's going to work, but there's no sense of, wow, that can't happen. It's like, how does that happen? There was no doubt because she had gotten past the manner of greeting. Once she had gotten past the language that speaks of new life, any kind of new life is fine with her. You know, once you get used to what God is speaking over your life, you can step into everything that God has got for you. But you have to hear the language. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 18, this is when um, Saul... Um, before he became king, he'd lost his donkeys. Always a problem. And, uh, and uh, wretched things are always wandering off. So 1 Samuel 9.18, um, Saul um, had taken his servant. And here's the, the amazing thing about this story is that the servant, and we, we don't read about the servant, but the servant, the only reason why Saul got to meet Samuel is because of the servant. The servant came with money. The servant knew where Samuel was. The servant had already worked out how to get Saul to meet 
Samuel. He'd worked it all out for Saul. Saul hadn't thought about anything. He'd, Saul had just gone, look, can't find the donkeys. I think we should go home. And his servant had gone, no, don't do that. Come on, let's introduce you. And from that moment, his life, Saul's life is utterly changed. And it says, then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, please tell me where the seer's house. Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, does ago, (laughs) we did a do-si-do, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel. Don't you love the way he just can't help himself? He's told him he's going to speak over him tomorrow, but he can't help himself. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and all your father's house? And Saul answered him, said, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak to me like this? Why do you speak to me like this? Why speak like this to me? Why? Why? You can't speak. I am a small tribe. This is who I am. Don't speak in this manner. Because this language changes everything. And I'm not sure I can cope with that. Now I want to tell you, see, God is speaking over you a language of grace which changes everything about you. The language which was spoken over Mary changed who she was. The language that was spoken over you. You know, when I was in the train, I'm hearing a new kind of language. Had I changed, I wasn't a different person. I was the same person. I'd just been upgraded. I'd been upgraded. Once I'd been upgraded, I changed. Oh yeah, Klaus, listen. um, About the second class, when I come again... Yeah, right. Thank you. First class it is then. <laughs> and I've, ever since I've traveled first class, I, I, it's necessary. <laughs> it's not even that much more. <laughs> it's like all oh, the coffee in the world. But there's something about, it's something about the upgrade. I didn't change. The upgrade changed me. Mary was transformed by the language that was spoken to her. Saul was troubled by this because it's not normal, but he was changed by the language which was spoken over him. You see, the Bible speaks a language over us. You know what? There is a better normal. There is a language of grace that speaks better things. We have to understand how the language of grace speaks better things. 1 Peter t- uh, 1 verse 2, it says, uh, sorry, Hebrews 12. Don't go to 1 Peter. I can see him at the back going, what the flip? Hebrews 12, 24 says this. And I'm going to just add in, you come, because in verse 20, it says we come to the mountain. But in verse 24, you come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Now, I've been reading that verse for years. When I read that verse, I went, 
oh, there's an of missing. I thought there's an of. It should say, can you keep the um, scriptures on the screen? So, it says, speaks better things than that of Abel. And I've always read, it speaks of better things. The sprinkling that speaks of better things. If you read different translation, that of is included. But the of was never there. And the of, would, if it was of better things, it would be saying that Jesus' sacrifice is a better thing than that of Abel's. And it would make the better things specific to the sacrifice only. But the of does not exist in the translation. The of has been added by different translations. So when it says it speaks better things, the blood of sprinkling speaks better things. In other words, everything that Christ has done for us on the cross speaks an entire new language over all of our life, not just about the sacrifice. He speaks better things over us. There is a better language being spoken. There is a better way of being spoken to. Oh, highly favoured one. (coughs) Blessed are you. In 1 Peter 1 verse 2, it says this, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So Peter is speaking to the church and he's saying, because of what Christ has done, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So Peter is speaking a new different language because he's taken that blessing, that greeting, he's taken it from Hebrew. Exodus 24, verse 8. Now stick with me. Exodus 24, 8 says this, And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. So Moses speaks a blessing according to the covenant by the blood of sprinkling. But Peter says according to the blood of sprinkling of Jesus Christ, according to this covenant, grace unto you, peace be multiplied. There's an additional add-on to the language that comes from Peter than that which comes from Moses. Why? Because it speaks better things. There are better things being spoken because grace has been poured out over your life. Why is it that the Bible keeps gossips, complainers. Complainers. How many people in this room ever complain? Don't put up your hand. We will have mass repentance, weeping, sorrow. The Bible holds complainers and gossipers in the same place as murderers and adulterers. In eternity, they sit in the same place. That's not very nice, is it? I just ruined your Christmas right there. The Bible doesn't like complainers because the Bible speaks of better things. Jesus Christ has done better things. We now live according to a new language. We now hear when the moment Mary opens her mouth according to the greeting, what comes out 
is nothing but faith and all we hear from her is faith from that moment on. She receives a language of better things. She receives a grace language that lifts her heart and it transforms her revelation and understanding of who she is in God. There is a destiny and a purpose written and spoken over her. You know why we're not allowed to complain? Because God speaks better things. He speaks of a life of promise. He speaks of a life of breakthrough. He speaks a life of victory and destiny and healing and strength. He speaks a life that is better than any other kind of life. We have the language of faith that breaks through in every circumstance. We speak and live better things. God has done better things in your life. We've got to learn how to speak better things because we've been upgraded. We're now living in first class. When God comes through into the first class carriage, good morning, madam. I know you're here because I've already seen your ticket. (laughs) Would you like some fruit? Oh, yes, it's all right. You don't have to take it all. There'll be more coming. It's a different language. It's a different language of grace for our lives. We're on the same journey, but there is a different language. There's a different life experience along the way. You know, you're you're still traveling the same journey. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, your career didn't change. I mean, it can change, but it probably didn't change. But you got upgraded in your heart. And your confession about your career is the same. If you got born again while you were married, you didn't change your husband or wife. Even if you prayed, you could. (laughs) But you got upgraded and your marriage got upgraded too. Your family got upgraded. Everything around you got upgraded because God has touched your life with a language of grace which upgrades our understanding, it upgrades our revelation, it upgrades our attitude. And from now on, we begin to look out and say, Jesus has blessed me. He's given me a grace, a breakthrough in every aspect of our lives. When I was, um, let me finish on this, when I was um, just driving through last week, I had been um, uh, meeting different people. I'd been catching up with James down at the beach. And um, I'd come at the beach. It's because he works down there. We weren't playing. And uh, so uh, he now works down at the beach. He used to work at, just on the corner of Union Square. And his office has moved down to the harbour. So I said, well, let's just meet at the beach for coffee. So we had our regular meeting down there. But it meant me driving, whereas I would normally walk. So I'm driving to and fro. Cheryl's in the office. And uh, I have to come back, and uh, I was going to come back, come to the office and do some more, and then we were going to go back and get home, and, and it was that constant driving to and fro. And it's Christmas, and the parking is mad, and there are no parking spaces. And I come by around the church, and I'm like, where do I, do I park at the church? Where do I park if I get parking space? And I just felt the Holy Spirit just lead me, just give me that nudge. Go down um, 
Is it Springbank Terrace? Where do your parents live? Is that Springbank Terrace? Yeah. Go down Springbank Terrace. I'm driving down Springbank Terrace, and Springbank Terrace runs along, and it comes to um, South College Street that runs parallel with the railway. And there's a few traffic lights, set of traffic lights. It's a narrow road with houses on both sides, parked cars down one side. And I'm driving up there, and I'm going to go over Crown Street to get to South College Street, and I'm going to turn right, and I'm going to turn right there because there's a right filter lane. It's easy. But I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, turn right into Crown Street. And my inclination is, that's daft. Because if you turn right into Crown Street, you're going to block all the traffic. You're going to sit there for ages. The lights will go red before you get a chance. And everyone's going to hate you. Because that's what happens. I've done it there before. It's a nightmare. Never turn right from Springbank Terrace into Crown Street. doesn't work. But the Holy Spirit keeps nudging me. Turn right. See, there's a language of grace that speaks over your life. God has upgraded you. And so I thought, I'll turn right then. And as I get to the junction with all the traffic coming this way, it's a narrow traffic light section of road. Suddenly there's no cars coming and I just turn right. Actually, it's as I approach the lights, everything everything cleared and I turn right. And I'm going down Crown Street and it turns into, I think it's Milburn Street, which catches hold of South College Street further down, where you cut underneath the railway line to get to Union Square. And as I get down to those traffic lights, that's a, that's a busy junction too. It just, the lights go green, ready for me. I don't stop. There's no traffic. I just turn left onto Milburn Street and I wander down. And I'm coming down to the big junction where Milburn Street meets South College Street. It's a big junction there where you cut underneath the railway line. And everything goes green. And the cars all move out of the way for me. For I am anointed and touched by the Lord. And as I drive right through, I just glide right the way through. Had I gone by my own inclination, I would have got red lights all the way. And so I get into, and there's this sign, car park full. But I hear the Holy Spirit say, just go to the top floor, front row, you'll be fine. Okay, well. I drive in. I drive past all these other people like this. They've got tickets in their mouth while they're driving. You know, they drive through. They get the barrier. They put a ticket in their mouth. And they're looking everywhere. They're like this. And I just glide past them. And I just go round and round. I go up to the top and there's my parking space waiting for me. Front row, in front of the lifts. I reverse in. As I reverse in, all these cars appear from nowhere. And they all look at me like... How did you get there first? (laughs) And the only reason why I got there first was I listened to the Holy Spirit turn right into Crown Street. And everything else got me there. See, I was laughing by the time I'd gone under the bridge. I'm the Holy Ghost. This is amazing. But God really wasn't that. It wasn't about that. It was about getting my parking space. Because if I had delayed at any other point, all those other people one of them would have got that space. There wasn't any other spaces. That was the space. That was my space. And God knew how to get me there. Because he speaks over me better things. 
I need you to understand, he knows how to get you there. He will speak over you better things. They don't speak about the disaster of how busy life is. Don't speak about the, 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 the negativity of what you're wrestling with. God will take you through. He will take you through. He will lead you because His grace is sufficient to break through in your world. He speaks better things. God has for you a life like Mary where we reveal the working of the Holy Spirit for we've all been called to reveal Jesus Christ as He has saved us and His life has been imparted into us. So we are now the revealers of Jesus Christ in this generation. The only Jesus most people will ever meet is you and me. Let's speak the language of heaven and introduce them to a different kind of world. Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.